This is the Bakery and Snack Chat podcast. I'm Jill Hislop, editor of bakeryandsnacks.com, and today I'm joined by Amanda Cioletti, content director of License Global, to discuss the top 10 brand licensing collaborations of 2018 that strategically fed consumers' appetite to interact with their favorite brands through products. Brand licensing is a $271.6 billion industry, and Cialetti says it's an enormous opportunity for bakery and snack producers to expand not only within the F&B space, but also into completely new arenas. We talked to her about the fabulously successful partnership between Kellogg's and Funko. Why should companies, and here we're specifically talking about bakery and snack producers, explore the world of brand licensing? Brand licensing is a no-brainer in my mind. It's a mode of business that is low-cost, low-barrier-to-entry mechanism to extend the reach and awareness of brands that already exist in the marketplace. So as a licensor, the benefit is extending your brand beyond your core competencies. A great example would be Coca-Cola, for example. They, you know, they make beverages largely, but also out in the marketplace are apparel and gifts and stationery, and that's all because of licensing. They're able to extend their brand reach through this really easy-ish, low-cost kind of situation. When it comes to being a licensee, for example, so somebody who approaches a brand, you receive the benefit of that brand awareness and integrating your own product into that. So it's a halo effect. It's really important, I think, especially in the food and beverage segment. The grocery aisle in particular is so cluttered these days. There are so many different products out there and brand licensing really offers a way to cut through that clutter, to draw a consumer in, and to differentiate the product. It's a wonderful opportunity to grab a consumer because licensing is really Mm relationship-driven, and that relationship already exists between the consumer, who is likely a fan or has a long-seated emotional connection to that brand. So it's capitalizing on something that's already out there. They've done the legwork for you. And is it easy for them to get involved, say, for example, a smaller producer? I think with anything, especially licensing 2.0, which is what we're kind of calling it these days, licensing has really upped its game. It's become much more sophisticated than it was 10 or 20 years ago. So with any licensing strategy, thoughtfulness is key. I wouldn't suggest entering into it on the fly. However, given the right partnership, given the right organic connection, it does make a lot of sense. And I think partnership longevity is essentially there. But I would stress putting a thoughtful strategy behind it before entering into licensing. Tell me, what were the top 10 brand collaborations of 2018? So we put together a list of the top 10 collaborations that we saw within our own content output. It's based on our readership engagement, Mm -hmm. and several of them are food and beverage brands. So the Kellogg's Funko Partnership, for example, or Kith and Coca-Cola had a great partnership. And those two, I think, for License Global and for myself in particular, it was unsurprising. 
Funko is a best-in-class licensee that is really dominating the scene. They're doing wonderful work that is really connecting with consumers. And part of their allure is their trend spotting and their ability to tease out that special connection that people have to particularly nostalgic brands such as cereal brands. or those kinds of food brands that you saw as a child on Saturday morning cartoons. Right. And they bring those partnerships to life through really engaging, really fun, really low-cost, but and accessible figures and collectibles. Right. They did a really great collection with Kellogg's that seemed to resonate really well with fans. Obviously, the connection with Kellogg's was a given. Funko is really unique, and you're hitting it right on the head. They do have a inherent connection with cereal, absolutely. In part of their lore, their company lore, is this cereal dynamic that they've continued throughout as the brand has grown up, as the company has grown up. And now they're actually producing a like bespoke fan cereal. It's this really, it's a passion project. And we actually just featured Funko on the cover of our April issue. And right. we dive into that as they have become a licensor of themselves in some regards when it comes to these kinds of partnerships. But it's fun, and I think it made a lot of sense. But I think the real allure of that partnership is the characters that were associated with those Kellogg brand cereals. They speak to that little part of you when you were a kid, sitting on the floor, Saturday morning, you know, eating your cereal, watching cartoons, and watching commercials. And they became this piece that you took away with you, this piece of your childhood. So as people have grown up, and Funko's sweet spot is around 34 years old, they've continued to carry on that relationship. And that really speaks to licensing, because licensing is all relationship driven. Who was involved in this collaboration? The licensing agency for Kellogg's is the Joester Loria Group out of New York, and Funko brokers their own deals. When will the Kellogg's Funko line be released? I believe it's out at market now. Funko has a very diverse retail channel distribution. They're everywhere from mass to specialty to high-end to grocery. They can be found pretty much anywhere online. I did a quick Google search last night on some of these figures, and some of them are meant to be collectibles. They're meant to be limited edition. Some of them are going for well over suggested retail price on some of the bidding sites. Their CEO, Brian Mariotti, calls everyone as a fan of something. And these types of brands really fit well and play into that logic because everybody is a fan of something. And no matter if it's Game of Thrones or if it's cereal brands or if it's niche video game properties, there is something that will resonate with you. How is this collaboration indicative of future business trends? I think that this collaboration is just one of many opportunities out there for food and beverage brands to find new and innovative ways to pad their bottom line. The consumer is really fragmented these days. There's a million different ways for them to purchase something. You can purchase it online. You can purchase it in store. You can get a subscription bot. You can opt out and find your own way of doing business. But The opportunity that exists now is capitalizing on that fan engagement, capitalizing on that engaged audience that you have when it comes to these branded properties. 
it's a crucial piece to understand when you're competing with hundreds of other SKUs on a shelf. And why wouldn't you take every opportunity to give yourself a leg up? Could you tell me a little bit more about the other collaborations of 2018? Sure. So last year was the 90th anniversary of Mickey Mouse, and Disney did quite a bit of collaborations and partnerships around that celebration. So it's no wonder that two of those feature on this list. And I should preface that this list, again, was based on licensed global readership data. So this is click-throughs from our website that we received, our readership telling us that these pieces of content really resonated with them. Right. Disney is the leading licensor across the board around the globe. So it's no wonder that two of those partnerships featured on here. I think last year was also the 60th anniversary of Barbie. So Barbie's partnership with Puma makes exceptional sense too because Mattel was making a lot of noise around her birthday. Mm -hmm. I think the most surprising ones, however, are the number three collaboration, which is Harry Potter. Harry Potter didn't have a movie last year. They haven't had a movie in quite some time. So the fact that that property continues to resonate with fans really speaks to the brand's power and its longevity. Mm -hmm. The other real surprise, and I think this is something that can extend to food and beverage brands, so bear with me when I explain this, is the Kodak Forever 21 brand. Kodak is a brand that is not particularly active in the modern marketplace. It certainly has a place, but it's not an entertainment brand in the traditional sense. It's not actively promoting itself in the same ways that entertainment brands might be, but they found a partnership with Forever 21 for apparel that really resonated much like a recent partnership that we saw also resonate really well with our readership with the U.S. Postal Service and Forever 21. Okay. And it just speaks to those innovative ideas that are a little bit off the beaten track that click with shoppers. And I think that's the really core idea that food and beverages brands can hone in on, which is just taking that essence of the brand and finding a new and different way to translate that through product. So maybe it's through another core food offering, or maybe it is through apparel, or maybe it is through a collectible item. But it's just another mechanism to bring consumers back to your core product and to your core brand. Tell me, if somebody wanted to get involved, what would you suggest their first step would be? There's multiple ways to enter into licensing. Certainly, one of the licensing expo events is a wonderful place to start. It's really a brand marketplace to show you not only what brands are out there, but how to execute on it and how to function within this world. On that show floor are agents that can help you through the process. There are training available through Licensing University or Licensing Academy, depending on what part of the world you're in. And there's seminars and keynotes and matchmaking opportunities to actually meet with particular exhibitors to really move your business forward. And there's four worldwide events, so there's a touch point for you no matter where you are, be it in North America through Las Vegas, in London, Japan, or China. From Licensed Global's perspective, food and beverage is an enormous opportunity. At the end of the day, everybody needs to eat. <laughs> so the opportunity not only to expand within food and beverage space, you know, expand to different adjacent categories within that narrow focus, but also to expand outward is so relevant. Why wouldn't you try to do that? <laughs>